This program is presented by Birch Gold Group, the precious metal IRA specialists. Good morning. In today's headlines, an investigation is underway into the plane crash at the Dallas Air Show. Six people were killed in the mid-air collision of two World War II-era planes. Find out more about the probe. Democrats are projected to maintain control of the Senate, this after pulling off wins in Nevada and Arizona. We have more on the outcomes from key races in the battleground states. Completed mail-in ballots found in a ravine in Northern California. The U.S. Postal Service and the Santa Clara County Registrar of Voters are investigating. Twitter fires nearly 4,500 contract workers. Internal sources say the move could impact content moderation. Find out more about the layoffs. And for our inspiring story today, we follow a family on a journey to fill their children with rich visual memories before they lose their vision. Good morning. Welcome to NTD. I'm Kevin Hogan. Good morning, I'm Evelyn Lee. It's Monday today, November 14th. And to start off the show, we have our top story. Authorities are investigating the mid-air collision that happened at the Dallas Air Show on Saturday. That's when two historic military planes collided and crashed to the ground. The investigations will focus on why the two planes were sharing the same airspace. The Federal Aviation Authority began the investigation before turning it over to the National Transportation Safety Board. One of the planes, a B-17 Fortress bomber, had five people on board. The other, a P-63 King Cobra fighter plane, was carrying a single pilot. None of them survived in the crash, but no injuries on the ground, according to the Dallas Fire Rescue. Planes flown in the air show are usually flown by retired pilots or highly trained volunteers. Pilots must show an ability to execute low flying and other maneuvers. The National Transportation Safety Board will conduct engineering analysis, interviews and assess pilot training and aircraft maintenance records. Saturday's collision came three years after the crash of a World War II bomber in Connecticut that killed seven. And amid ongoing concern about the safety of airshows involving older warplanes. And now turning to the midterm elections, it looks like Democrats will maintain control of the U.S. Senate. Arizona's Mark Kelly is projected to beat Blake Masters, and Nevada's Catherine Cortez Masto is looking victorious over challenger Adam Laxalt. NTD's Jeremy Sandberg has more. Cortez Masto's re-election gives Democrats 50 Senate seats in the 100-member chamber. Republicans currently have 49. Georgia's Senate race is going to a runoff in December. Even if Republicans win that seat, Vice President Kamala Harris has the tie-breaking vote, giving Democrats the majority. Most bills need 60 votes to pass. Cortez Masto says her victory in the close Senate race means Nevadans reject Republicans' views on health care and abortion. When Republicans try to force through a federal abortion ban, I'm going to stop them. The senator says she will continue to stand up for Nevada in the U.S. Senate and is ready for tough fights. She thanked her supporters for sticking with her. I will always fight for Nevada and for all of you, and I cannot thank you enough for all of the time, commitment, effort, everything that you put into this election. Now, we celebrate and let's continue the work. Cortez Masto's opponent, former State Attorney General Adam Laxalt, has not conceded. 
On Saturday, Trump-backed Laxalt was leading with around 850 votes. After Washoe County updated its numbers and the last of the mail-in ballots from drop boxes in Clark County were tabulated Saturday night, Cortez Masto took the lead. She is currently ahead by around 6,500 votes, with an estimated 95% of the votes counted. Laxalt tweeted out to voters on Sunday, asking them to check the status of their ballots and cure them if needed. Republicans remain close to taking control of the House of Representatives as ballot counting continues. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News. Also in Nevada, the race for governor has been extremely close. Republican Joe Lombardo is projected to beat Democrat incumbent Steve Sisolak, but even if Nevada has a Republican governor, the state's legislature is still under Democrat control. And now to Arizona, here's the latest update from the Maricopa County Elections Department. Katie Hobbs and Carrie Lake are still closely matched in the battle for Arizona's governorship. Meanwhile, Mark Kelly calls for unity after his election win for the U.S. Senate. Here's Entity's Daniel Monahan with more. The latest figures have Katie Hobbs leading Lake by about 26,000 votes with around 94,000 left to be counted. Maricopa County Supervisor Bill Gates, a Republican, dismissed allegations that the count is being held up in any way. When we look back in the history books here, over the past couple of decades, on average, it takes 10 to 12 days to complete the count. Meanwhile, Republican candidate Carrie Lake lambasted election officials on Fox News for what she described as showing up to the Super Bowl not ready. She said 26% of tabulators were not working, other machines were down, or printers lacked toner in a third of polling locations. You know, I, I consider someone's vote their voice. I think of it as a sacred vote. Bill Gates also addressed Blake Masters' complaints about ballots placed in what is known as Box 3 to be counted later. This, according to Gates, was due to non-functioning tabulators. He also said at two polling locations, these box three ballots were mixed together with already tabulated votes. Every one of those votes is going to be counted. Gates insisted the number of people who registered at a polling location will be compared with the number of votes tabulated. He says any discrepancies will be rectified. In the Senate race, Democrat Mark Kelly was declared the winner of Arizona's seat on Friday. He called for setting aside political differences. When we get a more diverse group, that means Republicans, Democrats, independents, people with diverse backgrounds coming together, we're much better at solving problems. My Republican colleagues know that. Republican Blake Masters has not yet conceded the election. On the vote count, he tweeted that, if at the end Senator Kelly has more of them than I do, then I will congratulate him on a hard-fought victory. But voters decide, not the media. Let's count the votes. Meanwhile, former President Donald Trump made allegations of voter fraud in Arizona and Nevada. On Truth Social, Trump claimed the results were a scam and that acting forces stole the election. He also called for new elections. He complained that in Maricopa County, quote, people were forced to wait for hours, then got exhausted or had other things to do and left the voting lines by the thousands. Meanwhile, Clark County, Nevada responded to criticism of how long the vote counting process took. The county said in a statement that under Nevada law, all mail-in ballots postmarked on or before Election Day and received before 5 p.m. November 12th can be accepted and processed. Election officials must check every signature on mail ballots to ensure they match records. If they don't, voters have until 5 p.m. on November 14th to correct these ballots. Daniel Monahan, NTD News. A woman reported finding completed ballots along the side of a road in Northern California. NBC Bay Area reported the discovery on Friday. 
The discarded ballots were from Santa Clara County. They were found in a ravine near Highway 17 in the Santa Cruz Mountains. Pictures show around two dozen ballots. Two of the people whose ballots were recovered told NBC that they dropped off their ballots at a post office in San Jose last weekend. NBC Bay Area says they obtained a statement from the Santa Clara County Registrar of Voters on Sunday detailing the investigation. They say the discarded ballots were found along with non-election mail, including letters and parcels. The Registrar of Voters is encouraging people to track their votes online to make sure they reach their destination. The Postal Inspector is processing the ballots as evidence. They will then be given to the Elections Office to be counted. And Republican candidate for governor of Pennsylvania, Doug Mastriano, conceded the race to his opponent, Josh Shapiro, yesterday. In doing so, he called for a faster counting of election results. So as difficult as it is to accept the results, there is no other course but to concede, which I do. And I look to the challenges ahead. Uh, Josh Shapiro will be our next governor. And uh, I ask everyone to give him the opportunity and uh, to pray that he makes the decisions that are beneficial for the state and uh, not necessarily for his party. Trump endorsed Mastriano said the results of the midterm elections had not gone the way Republicans had fought so hard for. He retired as an Army colonel in November 2017 following 30 years of active duty service. He was elected to serve as a Pennsylvania state senator two years later. Mastriano's campaign had focused largely on election integrity, Second Amendment rights, and securing the border. As a state senator, Mastriano introduced Tyler's Law. It targets drug dealers who push fentanyl, resulting in a fatal overdose. It would impose a mandatory minimum 25-year sentence upon conviction. And in the battle to control the House of Representatives, the latest projection has Democrats controlling 201 seats. Republicans have 212. For a majority, 218 seats are needed. And Twitter has fired nearly 4,500 contract employees. The news comes shortly after almost half of Twitter's workers were fired in the first week after Elon Musk acquired the social media platform. According to internal communication shared with media, many full-time Twitter employees discovered they were fired after suddenly losing access to work systems over the weekend. And managers were informed of the job cuts after their workers just disappeared from the system. Insider reports state that employees working overseas, mainly India, were especially affected. The sources added that employees were given no notice, with some contract workers receiving notice of their dismissal in the middle of their workday. According to further reports, the company has since made efforts to rehire some full-time workers after realizing their expertise was valuable to ongoing projects. Speaking by video link to business conference in Indonesia, Elon Musk said today he was working at the absolute most amount from morning till night, seven days a week. That's after being asked about his recent Twitter acquisition and his leadership of Tesla. Tesla investors worry that Musk is distracted by goings on at Twitter at a critical time for the world's largest electric vehicle maker. Indonesia has been trying to secure a deal with Tesla on battery investment and potentially one for SpaceX to develop a rocket launch site. Well, on the topic of job cuts, Disney is planning a hiring freeze and they may also cut some jobs in the process. That's what it said in a memo sent to employees by Disney CEO Bob Chapek. 
The Disney Plus streaming service is looking to manage costs amid economic uncertainty at the moment. Disney said the service is fast growing and added 12 million subscribers in its fiscal fourth quarter. But despite that, it reported an operating loss of nearly $1.5 billion. The company said Disney Plus would become profitable in fiscal 2024, with losses having peaked in the fourth quarter. And on the topic of economy, we want to take a quick moment to share a message from our sponsor, Burge Gold Group. They have a special offer for you. It's been a great year for gold as inflation continues to plague our economy, our families and our savings, and unchecked spending from our government isn't helping. Yes, we have been through a lot this year from empty grocery shelves to 40-year high inflation. And there is a Chinese saying, store gold during chaotic times. It shows gold has truly stood the test of time. Yes, and you can actually own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account, and Birch Gold will help you do it. They're offering you a free info kit that can help you learn more. And when you contact them this month by Black Friday, you will get a free gold bar with every purchase that you make by December 29nd. You can text NTD to the number 989898 for your free info kit. Yes, and Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and countless five-star reviews with almost 20 years' experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals IRAs. Check them out and text NTD to 989898. And coming up, an explosion in Istanbul killed at least eight and left dozens injured. The Sunday attack is believed to have been carried out by Kurdish separatists or Islamic extremists. And more troubles for cryptocurrency exchange FTX, which filed for bankruptcy on Friday. There are now reports of missing funds and suspicious transactions. Find out more right here on NTD Good Morning. Welcome back. Turkey has accused Kurdish militants of a bombing that happened yesterday at a busy Istanbul shopping area. Eight people were killed and dozens injured. A suspect in connection with the bombing has been arrested. Video footage shows the moment of the explosion, sending debris into the air and leaving several people lying on the ground while others fled. The area in Turkey's largest city was crowded with weekend shoppers, tourists and families. Turkish President Tayyip Erdogan stopped just shy of calling it a terrorist attack. Istanbul and other Turkish cities have been targeted in the past by Kurdish separatists, Islamic militants and other groups, including in a series of attacks in 2015 and 2016. As of yet, nobody has claimed responsibility for the blast. While Kurdish PKK militants and attackers linked to ISIS have been blamed for previous attacks on central Istanbul, neither group has claimed responsibility as of yet. The PKK is labeled a terrorist group by Turkey, the U.S. and the EU due to its decades-long insurgency demanding Kurdish self-rule in southeastern Turkey. We're moving on to Australia. Hundreds of cruise line passengers infected with COVID disembarked in Sydney after their ship docked in the city. The Majestic Princess arrived in Australia Saturday morning. There were 3,300 passengers and 1,300 crew members on board, of which at least 800 tested positive for COVID-19. While on the ship, the COVID positive were isolated in their cabins. Other guests were asked to wear masks and crew members were advised to wear full personal protective equipment. Once back on shore, the COVID positive guests and crew were told to isolate at home. 
All those who tested positive were mildly symptomatic or asymptomatic. Authorities say protections are much better than in 2020 when the Princess Ruby cruise ship brought COVID-infected passengers into Sydney. A freight train derailed this morning just south of Melbourne, Australia. More than 20 containers were left in a pile after the crash. Around 16 freight cars carrying dozens of containers spilled off the track. The state emergency service said no one was injured and there were no dangerous goods on board. Authorities have launched an investigation into the incident and say it's lucky it wasn't a passenger train. They say it's too early to determine the cause, but mentioned widespread flooding that has been reported across the state after heavy rainfall. Collapsed crypto exchange FTX was engulfed in more chaos. On Saturday, the company said it detected unauthorized access and analysts say hundreds of millions of dollars had been, re- had been moved from the platform in suspicious circumstances. FTX's stunning collapse capped a week-long saga that began with traders rushing to withdraw $6 billion from the company in just 72 hours and an abandoned rescue deal by rival exchange Binance. Sources told Reuters that FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried had secretly transferred $10 billion of customer funds from the exchange to his own trading company, Alameda Research, and that a large portion of that, at least $1 billion, had disappeared. Then on Saturday, blockchain analytics firm Elliptic said that around $473 million worth of crypto assets were, quote, moved out of FTX wallets in suspicious circumstances early this morning, but that it could not confirm that the tokens had been stolen. FTX's dramatic fall from grace has seen its 30-year-old founder, Bankman Freed, morph from being the poster child of crypto successes to the protagonist of the industry's highest-profile crash. Bankman Freed, who lives in the Bahamas, has also been the subject of speculation about his whereabouts. On Saturday, he told Reuters he was in the Bahamas, denying speculation on Twitter that he had flown to South America. Bankman-Fried has been a significant source of funding for the Democratic Party. He was the second largest individual donor in the midterm election cycle. His donations totaled just shy of $40 million. Only George Soros gave more. And coming up, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeat the Seattle Seahawks in Germany. And another first for the legendary quarterback. And a Canadian family wants their children to experience the world's beauty before they lose their eyesight. We follow the family on a journey that fills their children with rich visual memories. Good to have you back with us. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers thrill football fans in Germany. And there's another first for the superstar quarterback. Here's NTD's Flinders Kingsley with the story. Legendary NFL quarterback Tom Brady has a record seven Super Bowl rings. He's had the longest quarterback career ever, and at the age of 45, he's the oldest player in the NFL. He now has a new achievement under his belt, a first ever regular season win on German soil. Yeah, that was one of the great uh, football experiences I've ever had. So it says a lot for 23 years in the league and for a regular season game. And I think the fan turnout was incredible. It felt like uh, very electric from the time we took the field. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Seattle Seahawks 
battled it out in front of a packed German stadium. The NFL says it could have sold over 3 million tickets if the venue had room for it. I loved it. Um, I loved the energy um, here in Germany. Um, the fans, they was amazing. Um, just the whole atmosphere. Like, we really don't get the opportunity to play, you know, 80-something. What it was? I can't remember. I don't know. 60, 69,811, 69, right? The Bucks bested the Seahawks 21-16, to but the crowd's energy was the real highlight. The energy was really, really good. Um, they kept us into the game. It wasn't a dull moment. Um, I love the way they chanted. They stayed together in unison. Uh, at the end of the game, with them singing Sweet Caroline and uh, Country Row, that was, that was pretty epic. The crowd was electric. You know, a lot of Seahawks fans here. <laughs> the crowd was electric, though. It, it was loud throughout the ball game from beginning to end. Uh, I thought the German fans were outstanding, and it was a great place to play. This win makes Brady the only quarterback to win in four countries, the US, Mexico, England, and now Germany. Flinders Kingsley, NTV News. To fill your mind with images, knowing that one day you won't be able to see anymore. That's what a family from Canada is doing. A rare disease means three of their children will likely lose their eyesight in the future. But the family is determined to let them experience the beauty of this world. Let's take a look. Montreal-based couple Edith LeMay, Sebastian Pelletier and their four children have embarked on a year-long journey around the world. Three of her four children suffer from a rare genetic disorder that could leave them blind in the future. When you have a child, you always have like an image of what your future or their future is going to look like. And all of a sudden, you need to um, rethink that. Um, so at first, you, you don't believe it. You think it's not true. There's a mistake. And then you're angry. You're sad. You go through all those emotions. But really, once you accept it, that's when you can um, keep going and go through with your life. So really um, accepting it and embracing it, um, really it's when, when the healing starts. We try to keep it as, as positive as possible. And we try to um, keep it as, okay, that's your path and embrace it. You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't like, it doesn't serve you to complain and to ask why, just it's your path and make the best of it. So that's why we're trying to teach them. Since there's currently no cure, the eye specialist suggested she create visual memories for her children. And that's when it clicked. I'm like, I'm not going to show her in a book. I'm going to show her the real thing. Uh, and from that, um, we talked about it and we decided might as well go all in and just show them everything, not everything that's beautiful, but show them how beautiful our world is and fill the, their visual memory with as much beautiful sight as we can. Bastion want their children to visit different places and experience different cultures, as well as see the beauty of nature up close. The family started the journey in March. They are homeschooling their kids as they travel. It's, of course, it's a challenge to homeschool your own kids, um, but so far it's been doing great. And we're doing really just the basic, like math and French, and uh, we just need to make sure that once they go back to school, they're just, they can keep up. Edith and Sebastian have also noticed that the close proximity is helping them bond. Despite the uncertainty of their future, the family is making the most of their epic adventure and life on the road. They plan to return home in March 2023. In the meantime, Edith and Sebastian remain hopeful that a cure will be found in the future.
Ah, that's a brilliant idea to enrich their lives despite all the adversity they're going through. Right, and I can only imagine how hard it would be knowing that you will soon lose your eyesight. Oh, man. And yeah, what they're doing reminds me of the Aladdin theme song. Aladdin. Yep. I can show you the world. <laughs> Shining, shimmering, splendid. Okay, where's Come my on, stage hook? <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is your stage. I'll leave it to you. Uh, maybe we can hear more of it tomorrow, but today we have to wrap it right here. So you Stay can tuned, right? <laughs> yes. You can share your thoughts and your story at goodmorning at ntd.com. Shoot us an email if you'd like. Thanks for watching. I'm Evelyn Lee. And I'm Kevin Hogan.